This is Coffee with Timmy. I met Granny Pat, as we all call her. But okay, let me introduce her properly. This I'm speaking today to Mrs. Patricia Mattis. That's right. I got it right. Yes. <laughs> I met when I was thinking about this Granny Pat. Okay, we all call her Granny Pat, and. Everyone, whether you're a mom or you're a child, we actually all call her Granny Pat. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I, when I was thinking about this, I realized I've known you for 20 years, Granny Pat. Is that right? Yes. When the school was up there, yes. my second trip to South Africa, 2020, then yes. 2002. Yes. And this is 2000. the sports club. Yes. We had the two boys. Yes, yes, yes. When I was doing three, my teaching yeah, prax, three children <laughs> was Christine and yes, the two. Christine and the two. Michael. Boys. Yes. And uh, what were the boys? I forget the boys' names now. Gosh. Yeah, uh, that yes, was a long. Yes, that's a long I time. Ca- yes, yes, yes. I was writing. I remember it. the one who was born in South Africa. His name was Francis. Uh, was it Nicholas? No, no not them, not them. Not them. Oh, no. was it the twins? The twins, yes. The, uh, wow. So we're talking about kids who are in the mid-twenties, late-twenties yes, now? Yes. Must be. Good grief. Yeah. Can you imagine they may even have families of their you, own? You know, now. you know. Wow. <laughs> so I've known Granny Pat for 20 years when I was... Um, I started with teaching prax in Kim School. That's yes, right. that's it. Yes, yeah, yes, but I yes. didn't really know you until I came back. The I think two years after, because I you remember I went home, yes, then I came yes. back again. That's right. Yes, and I think I wouldn't say I really started to know you, but I will say I really started to, to know the kind of person you are. When when I came back that time, it was winter. It was in July, mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. and I just mentioned. In the morning, you know, uh, morning coffee. Mm-hmm. She got me into coffee. She got me addicted <laughs> to coffee, older. <laughs> anyway, um, and I said, oh, I actually don't have a bed now. And I was telling you the sleeping yes. arrangement. And then when I got back home that evening, a bed had been delivered. I was like, what kind of person is this? <laughs> and said, oh, no, it's from Granny Pat and Kim. I said, they delivered a bed. And, you know, for me, that was a big thing because I'm coming from... Uh, at that time, all I knew about South Africa mm-hmm. was that the whites were mean people yeah. to black people. Yes. And I, I've only known this woman, what, maybe we've had a full conversation ten, 10 times, if that, and she's bought me a bed. I thought, okay, there's something different here. And then when um, my daughter showed up, <laughs> I'll say when she showed up, <laughs> you were the third person to see her. Yes. I remember, but yes. she was this tiny, yes. tiny, 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 tiny. Oh gosh, thing. you won't believe me to look at yes. her now. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I don't want to say too much. I want you to say it with your own words. So I'm just going to ask mm-hmm. a few questions, mm-hmm. and um, yes. So, guys, this is Granny Pat. Well, hello to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about yourself? <laughs> well, I am. Um, I'm a granny. I have uh, four grandchildren. Mm-hmm. No, excuse me, I have five grandchildren. <laughs> um, two of them belong to my son Nicholas with his wife Melinda, and that's Bolin and Stella Grace. Mm-hmm. And the other two belong to my daughter Kim and her husband Craig, and that's mm-hmm. Amy and Travis. Mm-hmm. 
Durban foot Travis. Yeah, Durban yes, foot Travis. Yeah. That means he doesn't wear shoes. And my <laughs> fifth one is for Kemi, who I met. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little thing with such a sweet, sweet smile. She had a smile so when yeah, she was she's... so young. Yeah. She was weeks and she was smart but a proper smile it wasn't just a yeah. wind or a yeah a everybody grimace. used to say does yes. she smile all the time and yes, yes she smiled yes, all the time Damn. Was, yes <laughs> a lovely lovely baby and i met Timmy at um she was really i call her my daughter's shield maiden she's always there <laughs> looking after and Kim had to move from that school that mm-hmm. we met from mm-hmm. and um, by accident I looked in the telephone book mm-hmm. to find a number because he wanted to hire that scout yeah mm-hmm. a cabin that they had mm-hmm. at the bottom and mm-hmm. I, I contacted this man and he said no we, we don't rent it out because it's scout property. And uh, mm. and he said, but how did you get this number? And I said, out the telephone book. And he said, <laughs> but it's not in the telephone book. So I said, well, it's in my telephone book. <laughs> well. And I said, we were looking for a school. And I phoned Kim then, and Kim and Timmy went to look, and Kim was mortified. And Timmy said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> we'll paint the walls. Remember those yeah, that giraffe things? <laughs> Actually, the I giraffe remember. was the best. You remember that elephant? That and the color, with the funny color. Yes. <laughs> and Timmy said, just stay calm. It's going to be fine. And then Petra and Timmy and Kim painted the walls. <laughs> and it was. And we started in one room and we ended up owning half Well, it was like the, three quarters of, yes, the, of, of the, the property. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. It was only the, no, it was, it was really just the hall and mm-hmm. it was, and the studio. Yeah, that was yes. it. And the studio didn't go immediately because they had the karate yes, dojo there. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Ooh, yes. So, and a lot has happened and mm. I've known Timmy all along and she's always been very forthright and very Like strange. you, Granny Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and the biggest thing with Timmy, um, I think why I've had such an and empathy with you is that your love for children. Aww. Your, you, you don't see broken children, you <laughs> see children. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and, you, and, and you just are able to, to draw them out, you oh, know. thank you, Granny. And they respond so beautifully to you, you know. Children are so easy. They're much easier than adults. They tell they you exactly, exactly where you stand no, with them. Yes, <laughs> you don't yes, have a problem yes. with that. And mm. I'm, I think when I had my children, it was, you know, we were working, you're busy, you try and do your thing. I read in my, funny enough, in my 20s, I read a book. It was called The Children on the Hill. Mm. And um, I read about Montessori. And then I decided my children would be raised in a Montessori environment. But we, of course, never managed to do that until mm. Kim actually did her mm-hmm. Montessori teaching. And then I was very privileged to get Miguel to look after me. Oh, yeah. And um, Miguel mm-hmm. was three months when he came to me and he left me at four. Mm-hmm. And we had the most fabulous relationship <laughs> because we could walk and we could talk mm. and there was no pressure. And I thought how I had neglected my own children no. only I had taken more time you know I was just I think our relationships were more instructions from me this is how I, I was so 
um, focused on teaching them manners and trying to get Nicholas to read and to understand art and to be able to appreciate these things and not just um, uh, accept what was around. We lived in a predominantly Afrikaans um, environment, so it was very difficult for me to to try and teach my children mm -hmm. to look at people and not look at their race or their color. Or but that's they... funny because you must have done a really good job because Kim is like that. She She doesn't look at... She just sees people. That's it. Yes, she just sees yes, people. Because they are. Yeah, that that's yes. all. And so even though you thought you were... Well, I guess because they, you, you were busy. I think we all do that thing. And I, I didn't realize that even older people did it. We were busy with, um, if not career, but at least work. You have yes. to provide for these children. Yes. And we, I sometimes find myself beating myself up as well. Like, I should have done this. I should have done that. Mm. But that time I was doing something. It wasn't yes. like I was lying down, loafing around, yes. watching yes. Uh, a movie. And that, remind, that reminds me of something that you said. Um, when I was coming to South Africa, I was told, oh, women get tripped every six minutes. I'm like, oh, gosh. Well, okay, I'm going anyway. <laughs> and I, thank God I haven't met anyone, myself included, who has been raped at all. So we thank God for that. But I remember we were chatting one day. Oh, she used to be a nurse as well. And um, you... You spoke about this nurse that you were sharing, a student nurse that you were sharing yes. with in, yes. yes, and she was a Nigerian um, lady, yes. and you were fine for like two weeks or three or two months, yes. and then she found out that you were South African. That's right. And yes. she cut you off immediately. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> she, to my face, she said, I cannot, honestly, I cannot share a space with a racist. Mm. And that it hurt me to my my soul was bruised really because I thought, is this the kind of is this how people see me? Am I one of those horrible people that I tried to leave behind? You no, know? you are not one of those horrible people. Much more because and I remember asking you, Okay, so now you find that there's this woman in your daughter's school who was also sharing an apartment. Remember I was yes, sharing an apartment yes, with Kim yes. that well. And she's from Nigeria. Then how did you accept me? Well, by that time, I had lived quite a few many more years. <laughs> and, and, you know, looking back when I, um, particularly when I was in, in the UK, people would tell me things about my country and I would say, um, I, wh where did you hear that? Or how do you know about that? And they'd say, oh, television. And um, and then they would group, and I'm. There were two things I promised myself. I must tell you this. Mm. I think I must have been about twenty. I was already nearly finished my my training, and I worked in a medical male ward with a witch of a sister, <laughs> and she was always so incredibly unhappy, and she was so rude and so sarcastic, and. Um, and I, I was, I was, um, I don't know what I did. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I was punished, and I had to go to the sluice room, and I had to. And we used to have stainless steel, you know, the bedpans and the urinals, and mm. but, and I had to polish them so she could see her face in them, you know. Um. And I was polished again, and I said to myself, Patricia, I'm promise, I'm promising you, 
You will never regret what you've done in your life. You are going to stand up and you're going to say, with the help of God, I will not regret what I have done in my life. Amen. And, you know, I have probably very few regrets. Very few. And none that change. And I've also learned, and I have said to my children, I know I made mistakes, but at the time, I did the best I knew how. Yeah. Now I know better, so I can do better. Mm -hmm. And God was so good that... When I gave up nursing to be with my children, I helped my husband who was a tiler. But Kim would come with me, we would buy tiles, and so we would be able to talk Chat. about mm -hmm. things. And, um, <laughs> you know, we could even see objects. Oh, that's a square, that's a rectangle. <laughs> that's a, and um, we would go to the bank, and she would say, she would, often we would play with the bank, you know, at, her, at her house. And then she had a doll, and we would play with our dolls, and then she would say, your baby's crying. And I said, no, 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 my baby's fine. <laughs> and she would run upstairs to her baby. Mm. So we had a, a really wonderful relationship that way. Mm. Nicholas is a very different person. I think Nicholas is more like I. I'm actually quite an introvert. And um, I find groups of people and masses of people <laughs> terribly frightening. Um, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. Lon London absolutely floored me. There was always these people. <laughs> people everywhere. And you were never, there was just never, you know, oh, it was. And then when we came back, and I still had flu prop jet. We didn't even have proper jets in those days. In 1962, I, um, no, 1963, I came back. And we stopped at Luanda and we had to get off the aeroplane so that they would be able to review. And I just saw these, this grey, this yellow savannah. And I thought, it was like a feeling like, you know when you hear, the first time you hear a piece of music mm -hmm. that really absolutely engulfs your soul. And you think you can you can feel it. It's almost tangible. Yeah, yeah. That music. Mm -hmm. That's what that yellow savannah meant. Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm home. Yeah. I'm home, you know. Mm. But then, of course, a lot of a lot of very a lot of disappointments because I then had made colored friends or people of color. You know, who are my friends? And I remember taking Rukaya to. I said, let's go and have a coffee. And we went to Westgate. Um, and this girl came up to me, the waitress, and she said, um, I can't serve you. And I said, why can't you serve me? And she said, well, I, I can serve you, but I can't serve your friend. Well, I can't serve this, I can't serve your maid. I said, she's not my maid, she's my friend. Why, why can't you serve? I mean, if you can serve me, this is a public place. Why she said, no, we're not allowed to. And then look, I said, well, don't worry, let's, let's go. It was... It was soul destroying. So I, to this day, I hate Westgate. I never go to Westgate. <laughs> and then we used to go to the Oriental Plaza because they would serve me whether I was white and whoever I was with, yeah. they would serve us all. So that worked um, worked very well. Mm. And um, so by the time you met me, so by the time I met you. <laughs> I liked you instantly because you had, as I said to you, that that feeling that um, that empathy for children, especially the way you, the first time you you went down and you spoke to Kristen, she'd hurt herself. 
Mm-hmm. And she was crying, and mm-hmm. I was going to go and get it. And you just sat down and you took her hands and you said, Where does it hurt, lovey? Where mm-hmm. does it hurt? And she mm-hmm. just, you know, and it was just so different to mm-hmm. what I was, you know, what I would say, Your arms still attached to your body. <laughs> Come on, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you know? Oh, gosh, oh, gosh. So, yes. And then just your. Your spirit with with adults do not taking any nonsense, but never I've never heard you being sarcastic. <laughs> not in and, public. <laughs> and and I can't and even when you've been tried by our fellow lady who tries everybody, <laughs> you actually remain very tactful. My is, mom will be my mom, I hope you're listening because she says I'm tactless. No, so, Grandpa says I'm thankful. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I think it's just your, your spirit and your. That, who wouldn't like you, Jenny? Come on. You a lot of people, <laughs> Grandpa. Lots of people, Grandpa. And your honesty—that's another thing. Your Thank honesty. you. Thank you. Because if it's wrong, you'll say it's wrong, but yeah. in a very nice way. Ooh, I'm okay. Well, I'm gonna just accept that like that. I'm just Good. gonna accept it. Good. One other thing, which is one of what he's talking about, is your mm. practicality. Oh. Guys, you need to know Granny Pat. <laughs> there is no nonsense. <laughs> I like the way that you used to talk to the children in what I would say normal, normal voice, normal English. Mm-hmm. And I remember how they would try also to to say things like, that's not acceptable. Remember that yes, one? Because yes. Grandpa will say, no, yes. no, no, this is not acceptable. Like when the child is throwing tantrums, yes. you, you can talk, you can tell me what is wrong, but jumping on the floor and smile. It's not acceptable. And the kids will try yes. to say, that, that, that's not acceptable. And, <laughs> you know, but I like that practicality um, about, about you because I noticed that um, um, I would say uh, with my godson, it, up, it, it helped his English because they wanted to say those big words, mm-hmm. you know. And it also made me realize, which I didn't then, that we didn't need to talk to children in baby language. They, it, it wasn't necessary. Yes. They understood what we were yes. saying. They will, and in a Montessori environment especially, they want to know what it means, and they'll just use the, those yes. words, yes. you know. Yes. Granny Pat, for those of you who don't know, is the kind, if you say you're dying, she'll say, try and do it quietly. <laughs> Absolutely. But in such a nice way, you probably will die quietly. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, oh. Being, being in the hospital, when, and when I did work, fortunately, I didn't spend much time in the pediatric wards because mm. I did find it particularly stressful mm-hmm. but they would have a language of their own and then you would just imagine this child who is in a totally strange environment everybody around them is in white mm-hmm. possibly wearing masks and their heads are covered mm-hmm. and they don't understand what you want and they're sticking needles into you and uh, and then and it came to a point when the one mother said to the little boy, if you, if you don't lie still, this is just going to inject you with the needle. Oh. And I said, to her, I said to her, that's not true. You shouldn't lie to your child. And I said to him, I will not do that. If I have to put a needle in you, it's because you need to have medicine. And, but we will do it as quickly and as yeah. quickly as we possibly can and you'll feel less pain. And that... I, I am obsessive by not speaking baby language. And I tried this with my children. I spoke to them normally mm-hmm. and with Miguel. And I remember we going home to Miguel's home one mm-hmm. day and we had been 
he wanted to run across the car park. Mm. And I said to him, you have to hold my hand the minute we get out the car. Because if a car comes around and you're struck, it'll be catastrophic. <laughs> and and that's he what... said, what? And I said, catastrophic. It is so bad, it will be catastrophic. <laughs> and when we came, he said to his granny, Granny Pat told me, you know, I mustn't run in the car park because I'll, it will be catastrophic if I'm cut, struck by a car. And the, her friend <laughs> said to me, don't you think it's silly teaching such big words? And I said, no. You know, uh, what should I say to him? That's an aeroplane or, um, oh, it's a silver bird in the sky. You know? <laughs> I said, speak. And with Miguel, I found the most difficult thing was what was acceptable but inappropriate at the time <laughs> and I still struggle with that <laughs> but I tried to I just now say that's inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah there can be a line there somewhere you know yes. is this acceptable should you be doing it yeah but yes. it's kind of inappropriate yes. right now or with that person yes. yes and another thing I'm criticized for is by using medical terms for body I just find it ridiculous not to use. Why you, should you not know that you have a, a trachea, a trachea and an esophagus that goes into your stomach? And then, it's interesting. If you're interested, you're going to come and ask me about it. Yes. And if you really ask me about it, I'm actually quite happy to sit down and draw it for you. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about it. Oh, my you word. Know? Okay, this is going to take me two steps away from... Um, but I'll go back to what I wanted to ask. So this um, drawing and graphic... Um, medical terms i understand that um when your daughter asked you about sex you gave her your medical book tell us about this granny part. i did i did um well when we got to the birds and the bees talk we'd actually had just skimmed it about you know before i she didn't know that it, it took a sperm and an mm -hmm. ovum to, to but i think her friend was in Dublin, and uh, she was saying something like, and she said about being pregnant. And I said to her, pregnancy is the very least, least yeah. of your, of your <laughs> problems, you know, and her eyes just went big. And she said, really? And I said, well, Kim, if you're going to become sexually active, that's a choice that you make. It is nothing that I can do, but just you need to know that it is your body and you can only give it once. You can never... Give it again to the so your heart can be broken. So I said, but now let me tell you, if you're going to become sexually active, these are the things that you have to watch out for. And I got my midwifery textbook <laughs> and I showed her all the gonorrhea slides, the syphilis, <laughs> what happens. So and um, we were in the bathroom at this stage, and my husband walked past and. Uh, later that night. One thing about Vern and our husband, he was very supportive. What if I corrected the children, he would never interfere. He would always speak to me afterwards, saying you were a bit harsh there. Or, mm. And when we were in, he said to me, don't you think you went overboard? I mean, you've probably ruined Kim's idea. <laughs> Traumatised her for life. <laughs> and I said, oh, don't worry. When she's 20, she can go to a sex So therapist. how old was she then? She was about 14, 15. Oh, my word. Oh, yes. my word. You know, she was yes. that young. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that brings me to something. The di uh, disciplined children does this. So the government says we can't smack them. We can't do this. 
um, it's um, I don't know child abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if anybody was abused with smacking, then they yeah. probably put my name as number one. I'm still standing, and I do understand um, that yes, some parents can go overboard, mm-hmm. but discipline these days, I think, not just the government now, even parents have bent over backwards that they've lost track of what is right and appropriate yes. and that should be done at the appropriate time yes. you know yes. i'll give an example um we were laughing about this when my friend told me but um so this family went to went to the school because their son was depressed and why was he depressed he gave a girl a valentine present or card or something and the girl returned and said, um, I'm, I'm, not into, I'm not old enough for this. I'm not going to do this. I don't know how old the child was. And they went to school, the parents, mm. to beg the girl to take their child's Valentine gift. Yeah. I mean, I was laughing myself yes. silly. And I said, yes. how, how? None of you, not the wife, not the husband, yes. thought, are we being silly? What's Absolutely. going on here? And what a In- perfect example to take your son and say to him, you're going to have a lot of heartaches in life. <laughs> this may be the very first one. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to handle this? Are you still going to be her friend? She may want she, she may want to still be your friend, but she doesn't want to be your Valentine friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful example to, to start disciplining, to show them what is ahead of them. I I I you know, I get so puzzled um sometimes by what I see as the um, unthinking behavior of parents. It's almost like they're clueless. I know in my language, um, in my culture, if you do certain things, they will say, well, maybe you didn't get pregnant or maybe the birth was easy for you. You know, that's why you're treating your child this way. I've had to, um, I know sometimes people say I'm hard on my daughter and I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, single par- I'm a single parent. Whatever I do now, it's for our future. Yes. And I tell her as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I feel, okay, you think I'm being very hard, but it's for tomorrow. Yes. I'm not always going to be there with yes. you. I'm not always going to stand. I'm always going to, I will stand by you, but mm-hmm. sometimes I can't be there. Yes. And you've got to learn how to do it for yourself, you know. These days you can't scold a student. They're going to mm-hmm. go run to the parent. Mm-hmm. And I find it, uh, I really don't know what the word, maybe it's amazed, but in a bad way that a parent will come to school to fight because mm. you've actually corrected the child. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I actually remember something where my father is dead now, so you won't hear this. But something happened in school, and I did, till he died. Even mm. my mother doesn't up till today, mm. because I know my father will say, you embarrassed me in school. Mm. You mm. brought my name in disrepute, mm. <laughs> like this. Yes. And now I have to go to your school and apologize you know, all the thing mm. about the family name. Mm. Yes. I, would, I didn't dare tell him this is what I did. Mm. These days, parents are bold enough to say, I didn't ask you to discipline my child. Why is the child in school? Yes. yes. What, what advice can you give with disciplining children? Um, I, I, it's very difficult, but I think the main thing is parents like to be their child's friend. <laughs> and listen, I mean, what... Normal, 30-year-old wants to be a friend of a five-year-old. I mean, come on, it's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. And I think, we, I think when you stand back and think, 
you know, parenting is probably the most difficult situation mm. that you would ever be placed in. It is also such a burden. And when you think that your mighty God gave you this child to look after, how can you not do the very best for that child? How can you slap God in the face? He's given you these precious, precious gifts. You can't, you can't let them just go wild. You have to guide, but the thing is, is to guide. I've slapped my children, obviously. I've, I've, I've already, or, but after. Don't worry, they're I've old said, now. They're all parents they're now. They're old. And <laughs> I have, towards the end, I did, when I really got very, especially with Kim and her teenagers, we used to bump heads. But I learned to say, um, I'm so cross with you at the moment, I can't speak to you. Please, you know, just go. Just go. And we, we will sort this out later, you know. But um, I think smacking, taking it that you just have to smack a child, I think it's too prone to abuse. You know, we had a pastor and his little girl was nine months old. And he smacked her bum and he told me that with, with, with nine months admiration that she, um, you know, that he'd smacked her bum and she stopped. And I said to him, but that's abuse. And he said, no. I said, that's if she Nine was, months. She would, yeah. I mean, she she doesn't even know who she is yet. I mean, you know. <laughs> doesn't even understand yes, why she's been smacked. He was, and that is. I know this is going to sound terrible, that, but that's my my biggest obstacle in life is religion, because people follow religion, they don't follow belief. Okay. They mm. take. I mean, let's say we're Christians. Who is our God is God the Father who yes. gave his son to die for Christ, us. Yeah. And and he said to us, I will die for your sins and you when you come into my father's throne, he mm. will see me. My blood has covered you. Mm. Now we take that man as our God mm -hmm. who has loved us unconditionally mm -hmm. and we point fingers at other people and we say you're wrong, I'm right, you've got to do it this way, you've got to say 10 Hail Marys, or you, you've got to go to the priest for confession, or you, you know, it's religion gets in the way of belief, and we have to be very careful about that, mm -hmm. because the cult, the devil is clever, cult systems, and if you look, it's always these wonderful, Jimmy Spaggart, I thought, was the most amazing person in the world. And I would listen to his television programs, and I would say to Werner, do you see, he has the right idea. He's got the right idea. You're supposed to do this. And then I heard that all the things he was saying you shouldn't do, he was doing. You know? So what I said to my children when I actually discovered that, and I was probably in my 50s by then, I said to them, if whichever church you go to, because Kim decided she didn't really want to stay in our church, she wanted to find a more evangelical church, because ours was so staid, we only sang hymns, we didn't sing choruses. <laughs> I love hymns. And um, I said to them, you take your Bible, and if whoever is preaching hasn't mentioned Jesus in the first three sentences of his, um, of his, of his sermon, mm -hmm. you get up and you walk out. <laughs> okay. And whatever he says, you open your Bible and you read your Bible. And you take your dictionary and you look and you say, does that, the word really mean that? 
And if you're lucky enough to have a concord, then you look at that too and you think, what did the Greek mean when they yeah. said that? Mm -hmm. Think of what those people were when they were young. Don't mm -hmm. say, oh, because the minister said that, that's fine. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. sure. Yeah, even the yeah. Bible tells us that, you know. Yes. You must, we must always yes. believe that. Should I move my chair? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. One thing also that I noticed um, without even reading the fact that um, South Africa, at least then, I don't know how bad it is now, but we still have a very high rate of divorce. We have. And I know that when I go to the mall, I see old people, mm. you know, mm. together. Mm. And I wonder, how did they do it? How did the old people get to be old together? Mm. How did old people get to be old together and young people can keep it together? You know, when you walk in the school, before you answer, when you walk in the school, you, especially in preschool, you see children, preschoolers, six, mm. three to six years old. And so many of the kids, there was one time we were actually asking teachers, we were asking them ourselves, I'm like, um, how old are the, um, how many of the kids in your class mm. are the parents separated or divorced? Mm. And one class had three quarters of the children in our class, the parents were already separated. Yes. They're already divorced. So I'm thinking, so within the first five, six years of marriage, you couldn't stay you know and i'm probably going to get um a lot of um, flack on this i think sometimes we i'm looking at women now though you i still want you to tell me the why but mm. i sometimes think we've taken the uh, independent thing mm. being independent mm. we've taken mm. it so far yes. that we don't know where to draw the line yes. especially where marriage is concerned yes. You know, yes. I know that if I had been married when I was younger, I'll be divorced mm. because I was always also, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes. I'm not going to, you know, there was no compromising, yes. which I guess mm. with old age you realize, you know, mm. okay. Mm. But why do you think that is? I think primarily people uh, don't marry their friends. I think okay. people um, become physical too soon. And um, you need to... You need to be a, your partner needs to be your friend, first of all. And you, as a woman, need to have absolute trust in that man. And you have to feel safe with that man at all times. Um, and then if you're getting married, who are you making your vows to? And that, and a marriage takes three, you, me, and God. And as you say, I am a very independent person. Fortunately, I didn't marry a South African man. I think if I'd married a South African man, I probably also would have been divorced by now. But I married a German man who was very considerate of what I was doing. And he actually admires women. Werner admires women. He looks... He sees the, the greatness in a woman. It's not, um, and it, it doesn't matter in what field that woman is, he, he will acknowledge her greatness. But I also had a mother who said to me, you have got to always consider him and his culture above yours. 
And I said, that's nonsense, you know. Um, no, no, no. And she said, you have to learn to speak German. And I said, why? We're living in a country that speaks English. You can, and I'm going to teach him English anyway. <laughs> and she said, when his mother comes, you need to speak German yeah, to her. Yeah. Which I did. And I think it's just, I think it's that mutual understanding. And Werner is not the ki- kind of man that says... I am the head of the house and therefore I will do this. He says, oh, Patricia's much better at that. Patricia, you do that. I'll do this. So we've always been, we've always shared, but our children have always known that dad's no is no and his yes is yes. No going back behind dad. And you don't come to mom and say, you know. Mm. Kim used to go uh, and then I'd say, well, go and ask dad. And then she'd go and she'd and Werner would say, have your, you always say, go and ask your mom, you know. And then we said we would never contradict each other in front of the children, and mm-hmm. we would support each other, whether or not we agreed with the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it, that you, um, you just consider it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in Ephesians it says, um, be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the whole stone of marriage, being, mm-hmm. just be kind. You wouldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What you said right at the beginning, if you marry your friend, that has come up so so many times when I look at them couples that are, you know they've kept it together, whether they're new couples, whether they've been married for a while, they always say, I married my best friend. Mm. I married my best friend. Yes. And you're also right about the fact that sex comes into it too quickly. Yes. I was talking to some young people yesterday and I was asking questions, which is going to be my next thing, um, well, next um, next week's um. Uh, topic and I was asking questions about how um, do you think teenagers should have sex mm. and the question was go- so they were answering and one said you know everybody's it's a, they got a social life they said um, you know sex is a social uh, I said it's a social activity I said yeah you know you go out you go uh, I was shocked you know so yeah. now I know I'm old now yes. I'm officially <laughs> old I'm officially old so I'm asking um, the others that I said oh yeah you know, the girl knows, or the boys know when they go out, it's likely to end there. And I thought, um, we will go out, you know, and if the guy says something like, uh, do you want to come in, or, or whatever it is, do you want to come up for coffee, or whatever it is, the language is, and you will know that if you said yes, this was going to happen. But that will come up, not that it is accepted, or is it assumed? That yes. when we go out, so we go to McDonald's and the next thing, we're no. going to jump in. I yes. can't find on it. I can't. No. No. I can't. But no. the way she said it, I realized that's where my problem has been. For me, it's not a social event. No. It's no. not a social event. But for them, yes. and I'm talking to teenagers, yes. but for them, it's just like going out, you know. It's part of it. But I think it's also their environment, what they're seeing. Every time you switch on the television, what do you see? You know, it's it's... <laughs> Um, and and then, women's love can, as you say, taking it over there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, you can be an independent and a strong woman, but you still have to love your own body. You still yeah. have to protect your own body. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, maybe they didn't have mothers who were midwives. <laughs> <laughs> we showed them the gory yes. thing. Yeah, but you know, they also think that these days, and I think one of them said that these days, anything that could come from having sex yes. can be taken care of. Yes. You know, there's medication. Yeah. That I, I don't, 
I, 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 it scares me, you know, when, when, when I'm hearing this, because my daughter is not a teenager yet. Yeah. And if teenagers now are already doing this, I'm praying for a revolution where things all change and go back to how, how it was, you know. That I listened to um, some teenagers talking, and I would say they have, they have some sense, because um, one of the things that one of the, guys, one of the boys actually said was, why is it that when girls sleep around, they're called sluts? Mm. But when a boy does it, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, just, it. it's just been a yeah. man. Yes. But I don't think, and the other said, on the other side, I don't think they see themselves as sluts. It's just like, it's so, again, mm. I can't get right. Yes. It's socializing. Yes. Like you're having a drink. Mm. How, can, how can you compare those two yeah, things? You can't. You can't. I, 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 I am a yeah. uh, granny part. There is just like I said, there's just so many things. But I think I, I kind of covered. I'm going to beat myself when I get home if I if there's something I didn't remember. But what advice would you give to women this this? I know you. Um, I want to I, I should say. Um, I like that you said that. Um, Grandpa admire women because I know Kim. Mm-hmm. Kim, I met a grandpa through a daughter. Kim, there is nothing you want to do that she's look waiting for a man to do. Mm-hmm. And having said that, she's not, um, she's married with two beautiful children, so it's not like um, she's a feminist mm-hmm. and everything. But she can tile, mm-hmm. she can change bulbs, mm-hmm. she can do practically mm-hmm. whatever it is that's needed. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And I used to say, oh, I can't do this. Well, she says, no, 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 you can. Like, ah, my dad showed me this. I'm like, okay, what kind of um, relationship is that? Do you know how to tile this? She said, yes. And it's, um, it, I think it's made her balanced. Yes. You are very practical yes. with the way you, you brought her up. This needs to be done. This is how And I have learned a whole lot of stuff. I know some people thought we were funny. I remember when, we, I, when um, I used to go around to the shops with you, mm. and you said, this is my daughter. And I'm like, yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Mm. In case you don't know yet, I'm black yeah. and she's white. <laughs> but um, I learned so many things. Mm. Um, and I think every child that has met you, through um, Randberg Montessori or as even the mothers, but mostly the children that have met you one time or the other, they've learned something just being around you. Um, I remember not wanting to eat kiwi fruit. And um, what was that food? What's that food? Um, uh, uh, chicken, what was it? Chicken alakin. Chicken alakin. Mm-hmm. I said, come on, Demi, eat it. It's not poisonous. People are eating it. <laughs> So I've learned to eat quite a number, and I now love kiwi. Mm-hmm. You know, I, think yes. I really, really love kiwi. But um, what would you say to women these days? I don't, a woman who is a career woman, mm-hmm. and we, we're waiting. I don't think I was a career woman. It just took me so long to get to the mother stage. But those who are career women, and they want to be married, and they want to have children, what would you say to them? Because some women really think you can do it all. And, you know, but I think do it all, you find that the kids have been looked after by the helper mm-hmm. and they have no idea what, you know, what the parents are doing. And some just throw money at it. You know, whatever the child says, the child gets. But what would you say to women? This is looking at, what would you say about, okay, maybe, maybe about women or to women? This is, looking, grandpa, how old are you going to be next month? 80. 82. <gasps> We got it wrong. We said 80. Oh, my word. You won't believe to see her. 82. 82. Oh, I missed it in COVID. I missed yes, it, but there's yes, in COVID. Oh, yes, my word. Yes. 
She doesn't look at you too. And she drives faster than me. <laughs> because she tells me, she says, Mommy, Granny Pat will drive faster than this. You're going so slow. <laughs> no, wow. So what would you say to women? Looking at women when you were growing up, because I think we do have it easy. Maybe not as easy as we want, uh, like in the workplace. Mm. But if you look at what women had to go through when you were growing up, mm. whether you are white or black, what women had to go through when you were growing up, and the things that are available to us now, mm. you know, as women, what would you say to a woman who intends to have a career and have a family? Um, well... Growing up, I grew up in predominantly Afrikaans um, culture, and um, as a daughter, you became a nurse or a teacher. Because when you went to university to do your nursing or teaching degree, you found a husband. And then when you oh. stayed home and you had children, so that you would be able to look after the children okay. as a nurse or a teacher. You because of the times, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And um, I didn't want to do this. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to meet different people. I wanted to see different things. And uh, I also grew up to, I was born at the, in the middle of the war. So we had the end of, of the Second World War. Okay. So things were very different and very, and, um, and when I was, uh, when I became politically aware, um, Vietnam was on and I thought it was so, difficult to, you know, why was America messing in other people's countries and then conscripting people to go, if you want to go and fight, you know. But today you have the freedom to choose your own career. You don't have to be a nurse or a teacher. (laughs) You can be be whatever you want to be. But then again, if you want to have children, make sure that the man that you is going to father your children is worth it and you speak to each other is he going to pick up the slack as well as you know that Kim her dad said to her you want to drill here's the drill let me show you how to do it this is how become involved in your children's life but treat them as children not as friends and if you have a child this you've got to know that for every child you have to devote 20 years of your life <laughs> to that child. I'm laughing, I'm not crying. <laughs> and it doesn't matter, even if you have six, that's it. The last one also needs that, that 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> and then what is more important is your, what do you want? If you, if you don't, if you just want to have a career, today it's accepted. You don't have to have children if you don't want them. Mm. You know, it's but make your make up that mind before you bring them into the world, because they deserve you, mm-hmm. and that's your duty. That's your God-given right to look after that child. Yeah. It doesn't. It, God doesn't say, okay, you know, you can get a maid or you can. It's not their job to look <laughs> after your child. You no, know, it's not. It's mm-hmm. my job to make sure my child believes what I believe. Why? Because she sees me living my belief. Hmm. <laughs> that is another thing entirely. Because I hear people who say, you're forcing your religion on your child. And I'm like, I'm not forcing it. No. She is my child. 
um, what am I going to say? Go do what, go do your own thing at what age? And if I don't show her now what I believe, when am I going to show her? When she's 18 and she's already made up her mind what she's going to do. I mean, the Bible says, um, turn up your child in the way they should go so that when they are old, they will give you peace, you know, peace of mind. But I don't see um, quite a number. I actually know um, someone that I, the, I think the husband is Jewish. No, the husband is white. I don't know if he's Jewish. But the, the wife is Muslim, Indian. Mm-hmm. And I did ask um, what religion they were bringing up. The child says, oh, no, we're going to let her decide. And I thought, oh, wow. If it was me. And my husband was that ambivalent about it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I'm going to bring that child up yes. the way that I, what I yes. believe. But so many kids are growing up without belief system yeah. of any kind. Mm-hmm. And they also don't have any kind of, um, well, TV. We're going to keep blaming TV, but I think from home. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. these things are, are from the house. Yes. If in your house you don't swear, for example, and they call you to school and they say your mm-hmm. child is swearing, mm-hmm. I want to know where you, where you heard it mm-hmm. from. Because I know I don't swear. Mm. And some people say, oh, isn't like it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm mm. actually holding it up like a badge. Mm. I don't swear. Mm. You know, and she's, my daughter said one or two mm. things, like mm. she said it, and I'm out of the room like, mm. what? I think, mm. It's not, yes. not going to happen. I don't care how old you are. That's I don't right. say you are this mm. age, then you can do this in my, yes. no, it's my, it's still my house. I understand yes. now when my yes. father used to say, not when you're under my roof. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Granny Pat. Yeah. That is just, you know, one can talk about today's generation for a whole day and never get. So we're going to end on a light note. What are you reading now? For those of you who don't know, obviously many people don't know, she is a reader. And she got me into listening. I'll, I'll confess now, I'm still very illiterate when it comes to classical music. But remember when you used to pick me up in the morning to school? Yes, I would love to yes. listen to um, the classical radio. Right. Yes. yes. And yes. I got into it. I know what I like. I don't remember the names of who I like, but I know what I like. And so I still listen. But reading, she reads. And that's what one thing people don't do these days. Yes, a lot of people don't read. Yes. A lot of people don't read. Yes. I yes. don't think I can ever be yeah. busy. Yes. That busy that I would not yeah. read. No. Yes. no, I can't. I can't. I can't understand how somebody <laughs> cannot read. I mean, Some people say with pride, yes. you know, yes. like no, I don't yes. read like, yes. at all. Yeah. What do you, you mean? Know, I've got. I've heard them saying, "Do you read?" And I say, "Yeah." Well, I breathe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, reading is like breathing. Mm-hmm. And I've just read Raja Jacobs, her autobiography. She's a Muslim South African girl mm-hmm. who um, went to Canada and uh, made three very disastrous marriages, but eventually found herself in the most interesting. And it was lovely seeing, reading about their culture, which was quite, in ways, because I grew up in the Cape and we mm-hmm. had a, a lady who used to help my mom in the house, Auntie May. And when she, they had um, stuff. Uh, festivals, you know, she would do bakers mm. and bring things, and we really grew up. I mean, I played with her, their children, mm, and mm. We, we, well, I went to boarding school, and but when I came back to, to do my nursing when I was at Whittier, I used to go and visit Auntie May. Um, unfortunately, they were then they lost their house and they were sent off to, mm. which was very far, and she didn't want me to come to their house because she was worried about the distance and that. Mm-hmm. So we would then always meet in town or perhaps Aww. something, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was lovely, so I had that. And, um, yeah, I think read, 
uh, I like to read fiction, and um, but I also like to read non-fiction. <laughs> and she likes to read some gory stuff as well. She got me into it. Yes, I love Robert <laughs> Cook because he writes about medical mysteries. <laughs> oh, yes, Kanipan, yes. I'm going to remind you of this because I've gone to watch it now, and after reading the book, I realized what you what, what you were so annoyed about. So, Jack Reacher. Yes. <laughs> well, Jack Reacher, and then the person playing Jack Reacher. Absolutely. You know, he's written how many, how many books of Jack Reacher? You open it, what, what you see, and this is the, this is the beauty of a book because you, you can Imagine. see as he is. So he's at least six foot. For yep. Jack Reacher, mm -hmm. because he towers mm -hmm. over everybody. Every, yes. Because when he walks down the <laughs> pavement, you can see him above everybody, <laughs> and he's not a particularly handsome man. Nope. Mm -hmm. But he's got a s severity about him mm -hmm. that you know you can be safe, mm -hmm. and that severity is. Um, I think it's because my husband is like that. He's a severe man. But he's not cruel. No. no. And that mm -hmm. is Jack Reacher to me. Mm -hmm. Now you see this little five foot something <laughs> guy, good looking guy. It's just not Jack Reacher. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. I didn't understand it when he told me. And I was like, what has got Granny Pat so upset about this? So I decided to read one of the books and I'm like, oh, they are so different. He's so different. He's <laughs> so different. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I'm going to read this book you're reading now. So you're still enjoying your Kindle, eh? I do. You, I do. You yes, do. yes. Okay. Craig puts books down for me all the time. <laughs> okay, so I'm yeah. going to read that, and I will talk about it on, on the YouTube channel, not mm -hmm. on this. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Granny Pat, that wow. you finally did this for us. Well, not just for me, for us. <laughs> I really don't know why you thought I was anything worth this, but... Um, oh, my word, Granny Pat. I, um, I just need to thank you for your, your friendship and for your uh, magnanimity in being my daughter and giving me a lovely granddaughter and, um, and for being my daughter, shield maiden. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Granny Pat, you've blessed everyone that I've met you, except very nasty people. Who really they can't see you because you know they they've got all that nastiness covering them so they can't see you, but I'm saying on behalf of everyone, on behalf of everyone, Granny Pat, thank you, thank you. You've changed our lives. I you know when I, I there's just so many things I remembered when I'm not going to name names now, but a friend of mine um, had a baby, and I was so happy that they had the baby. But then I was so sad that they got a baby before me. And I remember coming to the office and you looked at me and said, what's wrong? And I said, Ugh. and I, you know, but you've been there. I haven't, um, you've been my mom almost from, well, maybe not the first day, but from the first day I got my bed. <laughs> from there I got my bed. You've been my mom. You've listened. You've laughed with me. You've taught me stuff. And I know um, I got, um, I got um, remarks from, oh, you're trying to be white. But I didn't see it like that. No. You, you, had, you educated me about things that I didn't know. And the things that I thought I knew, you just opened my eyes, you know. It's that being accessible, being um, available for whoever wanted it. I remember my godson, again, I'm not going to name his name because he listens to this, crying you know, oh, that boy could cry. Gosh, that boy could cry. But he, he, 
eventually God will buy it because of you. And I remember I will stand and look at you eat and say, what you eating? What you eating? And he said, do you want to test it? He said, yes. You know, and he's such a wonderful boy now. And I know you are part of him growing up. And I used to say that um, I want my child to know Granny Pat. I want my child to know Granny Pat. And then Kim made it possible. And, you know, our granny's not here. I mean, she talks to our granny on the phone, but our granny's also here. And for many, many, many kids who didn't have um, a granny in the house or whose family got um, separated for whatever reason, and even for those who had grannies in the house, granny parts. There was no, you know, there was nothing else. It was just granny parts. Thank you for being our granny. Thank you so, so much. You are a blessing. You are a blessing every day. Every day. Thank you, Granny Pat.